Well, praise the Lord, everyone. Praise the Lord. Hello, this is Pastor Mark Stroud, and I thank you once again for joining me for yet another episode of Kingdom Rock Radio. I thank you so much for your faithful listening, and we pray that the broadcast has been a blessing to you. And if it has, please, by all means, send us a note. Drop us a line. You can email us at media at kingdomrock.org or simply go to our website at kingdomrock.org that's kingdomrock.org and click on the prayer button and you can type in your name and information there and leave a comment along with your prayer request we'll be glad to hear from you and even overjoyed to pray with you as you go through these different seasons in your life well on today's broadcast you're going to hear the message entitled look and live look to jesus I tell you, he is the one that has our answer, and he is the answer. And we love him so much today. I know that you receive a fresh revelation from the Lord as you hear this broadcast. And if you would like to see the video, well, just log on to the website, kingdomrock.org, and click on the KR Web TV button, and you can actually see uh, this video in its entirety. Well, without any further ado, here comes the message entitled, Look and Live, right here on Kingdom Rock Radio. Enjoy. John, John the 5th chapter, John 5. We were here on last week, and uh, we're going to do just a little bit of, going to jump off of this and and uh, go further. Once again, I thank all of you for coming here today. I know that the Lord Jesus has a rich word um, that uh, he is about to give to you. That's going to cause change and deliverance in your lives. And as we learned this morning from Sunday school, you have to have a heart that is open, a heart, a soft heart, not a hard heart. A hard heart can't receive, but a soft heart will. Amen. All right. John, the fifth chapter. I'm going to do just a little bit of reading here since we were here on last week. If you weren't here to uh, to get weren't here to hear it. Make sure you receive a copy there in the lobby of last week's message. And uh, we'll start at verse number one. It says, after this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now, there was at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue, Bethsaida, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of impotent folk, a blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. Whosoever then uh, first after the troubling of the water stepped in was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. And a certain man was there, which had an infirmity thirty and eight years. When Jesus saw him lie and knew that he had been now a long time in that case, said unto him, Wilt thou be made whole? The impotent man answered him, Sir, I have no man when the pool is troubled to put me into the pool. But while I am coming, another step of down before me. Jesus saith unto him, Rise, take up thy bed and walk. And immediately the man was made whole and took up his bed and walked. And on the same day was the Sabbath. Somebody say praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We're going to speak from the subject today 
of look and live. Look and live. Oh, praise the Lord. You're going to get it. You're going to get it real good. We see here that even this man, we don't receive, we don't know his name, but uh, we know that he's a man and he's been there for at this pool waiting for something to happen for 30 and 38 years. Now, that's a long time to wait for something to happen. Are you with me? Uh, some of us don't have the gift of longevity uh, uh, or we, we, we don't have the gift of endurance for I mean, doing something for a long time. I was telling my wife just the uh, the other day, I mean, I can handle small projects that don't take a long time, but larger projects, ooh, I mean, it just it just does something to me. I have to really try to keep it up. You with me? Uh, like, a, I used to work out Bro James muscles, but, you know, that didn't last too long. That was a long, that project was too long. It was too late. I have a little bit of stamina for short things, but for longer things that require a great amount of commitment, mm, sometimes I don't do too well with those things. But this man was at the pool of Bethesda for 38 years. 38 years, faithful to the pool. Jesus Christ comes to him and asks him, do you want to be made whole? Uh, he should have responded immediately, yes. But he didn't because his attention was on the pool. His attention was on the method. He just knew that if he could get to the pool when it was troubled, that he could get his healing and his deliverance. And that's what he was looking for. As long as he, I can hear somebody saying today, yes, I want my bills paid off, but I can't get this job. People ask you, if the Lord would ask you, do you want to be debt free? You would say, uh, if this man were here, he would say, yes, I want to be debt free, but I can't get this job. Yes, I want to be debt free, but they keep raising my interest rates. Yes, I want to be debt free, but this, but that, but this, but that. But the Lord just asked him one question. Do you want to be made whole? Yes, should be the answer. Then here, receive your healing. But the man kept looking at the problem on how he couldn't get what he wanted to receive. He kept looking to that. If I could only do this, if I can only get that, then I can receive what I have been longing to receive. Instead of looking to Jesus and living. Well, the Lord is merciful and the Lord is gracious. And uh, what we see here is an example of his mercy and grace. He healed the man anyway. Here you go. I know what you want. You just don't know how to get it. Here, here's your healing. And the man, of course, was healed. Now, we're going to see another example of this as we look actually in uh, the book of John, same book. Let's go over one chapter, John, the third chapter, because this sings throughout the New Testament, actually sings throughout the Bible. Look and live. Now, in John, the third chapter, Nicodemus is coming to the Lord. Nicodemus, he's coming to the Lord at night. See, you thought it was a television show, I mean, a channel, Nick at Night. But no, it was actually right here in the scripture. Nick came to the Lord at night. Nick at night. Yeah, yeah. You'll get it some other time, I guess. He comes to the Lord at night and asking him about salvation, about healing, about deliverance. The Lord begins to tell him, well, you've got to be born again. And and they begin to go back and forth with that discourse. But we'll just... Start here in verse number 12, or rather verse 11. It says, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, uh, we speak that uh, we, we do know and testify that we have seen and have received not, rather than ye have not received our witness. In verse 12, if I have told you earthly things and ye believe not, 
How shall ye believe if I tell you of heavenly things? Verse 13. And no man hath ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the son of man, which is in heaven or which is from heaven. Verse 14. Now listen to this. As Nicodemus is asking the Lord really about being saved, being about being delivered, about receiving eternal life, about being rescued or about being kept safe. He's asking him these things. And the Lord responds to him this way. In verse 14, he says, and as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the son of man be lifted up that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Verse 17. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be what? Might be what? Might be what? Let's use our outside voices. Might be what? There you go. Might be saved. Verse 18. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already because he have not believed in the name of the only begotten son of God. Look at verse 14. As Moses was lift, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the son of man be lifted up. Now, we're talking about salvation as we went to the famous scripture, John 3, 16, for God so loved the world, right? All this, this whole question is coming from Nicodemus' meeting with the Lord Jesus at night. Nick at night, right? Right. And so the Lord's telling him, he gave them all, he gave them all so many wonderful words, so many wonderful verses. And he's telling them here that he came from God and God sent me to save you, but you got to believe what I was saying. Now, verse 14 really just really brings it all together, brings it all home. He says again, and as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the son of man be lifted up. Well, what happened in the wilderness? I'm glad you asked. Let's go back to Numbers, the 21st. Uh, the 21st chapter there, Numbers 21, and we're going to see what happened in the wilderness. Because unless you know what happened in the wilderness, uh, you won't really know what the Lord is talking about here. Uh, this is all about the salvation. So I'm not going to read all of Numbers 21, but I will read a, uh, a selected portion of this. Now, in Numbers 21, uh, the people of God are murmuring against God. They're talking against God and they're talking against Moses. Now, uh, in a minute, I'm going to need some people to to help me. I think I'm going to need one, two, three, maybe four people to come down and give and be my demonstrators for something. So those of you that will be doing that, just get in your head. It's going to be me. It's going to be me. It's going to be me. All right. And I will use you in just a moment to help demonstrate this point here in, uh, in Numbers 21st chapter. Okay, again, the people had, uh, they had murmured against God and against Moses, and uh, the snakes began to come out. There were snakes in the wilderness. No, not snakes on the plain, but there were snakes in the wilderness here. Uh, the Bible says, verse number 6, that, and the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people, and they bit the people, and much people of Israel died. Therefore, the people came to Moses and said, uh, we have sinned, for we have spoken against the Lord and against thee. Pray unto the Lord that he take away the serpents from 
from us. And Moses prayed for the people. And the Lord said unto Moses, make thee a fiery serpent and set it upon a pole. And it shall come to pass that everyone that is bidden when he looketh upon it shall live. All right. Now, as we're really going to be talking about righteousness today and uh, how, how uh, we get into right standing with God as we continue in the subject, uh, looking and living. Now, where are my four demonstrators? Come on. All right. One. Come on. Stand right here. One. All right. Two. I'll do it with just three. If, all right. Three. Come on. Whoever's number four. Come on. And number four. All right. Come on. I'll take you two. I'll take five. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. All right. Somebody's going to have to be God here. Who's going to have to be God? Brother Calvin, come on. You can be God today. All right. The people of Israel, stand right here, God. You know, we got to talk about some things. <laughs> Praise the Lord. All right. The people of Israel had sinned. All right. Now, y'all need to be the people of Israel right here. You, people of Israel, and the two, you, y'all be the people of Israel over here, Okay. And uh, I need y'all. Y'all going to be my fiery serpents. Uh, come on over here, serpents. Okay. The people of Israel had sinned. And they had talked against God. And they had talked against Moses. And as a result of that, the Bible says that God sent fiery serpents to strike and kill the people. Now, Understand something. The word sent there in the Hebrew text actually means to loose or to let go of. What the people of God didn't understand in all their complaining that, uh, hold out your, hold out your hands, God. Hold out your arms. Okay. He's holding on his arms. Now, come on, serpents. I want you to try to get through, but you can't get through. Come on. Come on. So they're over here. Come on over here, Israel. They're having a good time over here. They're partying and they, you know, they, they, but, but at the same time, they're complaining up a storm. Now understand something. Catch the flow of this. The serpents didn't just appear out of nowhere. They were always there. But God was holding them back. Try to get through serpents, but don't hurt them, please. Okay. Go, you know, there they go. There they go. There they go. Do, do, do you see the picture? Now you see the picture. The serpents were always there trying to get at them because serpents do what serpents do. They want to come and bite and so forth and so on, right? But the Lord was protecting them from protecting his people from the serpents, holding them back. But when they were telling God, I'll have to be Moses with you. They began to tell God and Moses, you know, uh, we don't like you. Or they began to talk against God, talk against Moses. Uh, and they, they even said, and we don't even, we, they say that we hate this light bread. We hate this manna. We, we don't want to be out here. They were saying all this kind of stuff, right? Uh, y'all saying that? But we don't like this though. All right. Here we go. Here we go. They said, we don't like, we don't like, we don't like, we don't like. So what they were doing, they were actually rejecting God and God's man. So the Bible says that God let it go. When you, when you push now, now y'all trying to get through now y'all try, he can snakes. They're trying to get through. So when they were telling God, look, God, we don't want you anymore. God just 
They, he went away, and then the snakes got through. Are you hearing what I'm saying, everybody? So there will be a complaining and belly aching and whining. Why I got to work here? Why I got to do all this? I can't stand this. I don't want to go to church and that preacher this and preacher that and all that other kind of stuff. But the Lord is protecting, protecting them from dangers that they don't even know. So when they push God out the way and his man, most God and Moses out the way with their words, then those snakes came on in. Are you with me? And the Bible says that some people died. One of y'all got to die. Okay. <laughs> All right. He's, he's, he's playing dead. Look, he, he's out. And some people were still alive, but they were sick because of the snakes. So they asked God, or they told Moses, Moses, we made a mistake. We sinned. And um, would you please uh, ask God to take these snakes away? Moses says, yes. I heard your prayer. Say pray for us, Moses. Pray for Moses. Man, you did. You can't pray. <laughs> Say pray for us, Moses. Pray for us, Moses. All right. So Moses, I go back to God, and, and the Lord tells me to make a, a get a pole and put a, a, a replica of the snakes that had bitten them and put, this, put the snake on top of the pole and hold it up. Hold it up. Give me that uh, pole over there. Would you, God, right there, please? Now, listen. All right, brother, we're going to resurrect you for a second. Come on up now. Okay, we resurrect you. Okay. Now, there are still some folk over there that are dead, but he's alive, but he's been bitten, okay? And they've been bitten. All right. So, Lord tells me to put a snake on that, make a replica of the snake that had, uh, let me have that red coat right there. I'm getting everything from around the room. Can I use that red coat for a second? Here's a replica of the serpent. Put it on the pole. The Lord said, whoever looks at it is going to live. Whoever looks at this, those of you that have been bitten. Now, snakes, y'all are still around there somewhere. Snakes are still, still around. The Bible doesn't say that the snakes went away. It just says the people of God moved on out the, out the area, okay? So, whoever looked at the pole, at the serpent on the pole, was healed. But what y'all had to do, Israelites, all right, snakes, go over here right quick. Y'all go hiss over there. Okay. All right. So now, whoever looks at this, now they've been bitten. And I know snakes bites called paralysis or whatever, you know, I don't know. So do one of them. I don't, I don't know. You got paralysis and the snake bites and stuff. The Lord said, well, if you just look at this, you're going to live. But don't just look at it. The Hebrew text actually means to, I mean, to gaze at it to, with the intent of receiving. I mean, you're really, you're really looking at it. Like some of y'all looking at me right now, you're, you're really you're really looking at it. Are you with me? Amen. That's that serpent on the pole. Use your imagination. So those that were bidden, God said, if you just really look at that, really gaze at that, he says, you will be healed. You keep looking at this until it affects your natural body. Keep looking at this and you'll be healed. All right. Thank you, demonstrators. Thank you. Thank you. You can give them a hand. 
Now, I'm going to use it. Uh, let, let's stay right there. Thank you, Brother Calvin. Give, give Brother Calvin a hand. He did it. He did it. Brother James, I'm telling you, they all did such a good job. Evangelist Foster and uh, Sister Joy did. Praise the Lord. Uh, little Michaela, right? Little Michaela, she was getting, got it going on. All right. So now let's look back now at Numbers 21. And it says in verse number uh, seven, let's go back up. It says, therefore, the people came to Moses and said, we have sinned for we have spoken against the Lord and against thee. Pray unto the Lord that they that he take away the serpents from us. And Moses prayed for the people. Verse number eight. And the Lord said unto Moses, make thee a fiery serpent and set it upon a pole. Do we have a pole or something that looks like a pole? All right. Uh, and set it upon a pole and it shall come to pass that everyone that is bidden shall rather everyone is bidden when he looketh upon it shall live. And Moses made a serpent of brass and put it upon a pole. And it came to pass that if a person rather that, uh, if a serpent had bidden any man, when he beheld the serpent of brass, he lived, he lived now. Let's go back over. Now we see a case here. See, see numbers. So now let's go back over just for a moment to the book of uh, John, the third chapter. Now, do we understand what happened with Moses in the wilderness, right? In verse number 14 of John, the third chapter says, and as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the son of man be lifted up, right? Look and live. As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, you are bitten with something that you cannot control, this thing that is killing you, this thing that is causing you paralysis, this thing that, um, you know, is causing death and hardship. You're bitten with this. In our case, that thing is called sin. It may not be a, a pray it's never snake. I don't like them myself. Maybe you do. I don't know. But I pray you're never bitten by a snake, but all of us have been bitten by sin. I can't get no talk in here. Everybody in here has been bitten by sin. And the Lord said, I've got a cure for that. He said, if I be lifted up, and the Bible declares as well in John, the Lord said, if I be lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men unto me. He was talking about the example there in the book of Numbers. Moses lifted up the serpent. Everybody that looks at this is going to live. Not just a glance, not just a looking and looking away, but those who study it, those who, those who gaze at it, expecting to receive. You're going to live. Now, all this is, is straight out through the scripture. Let me show you more example, examples of this. Let's go to the book of James now. We're going to do a little bit of flipping today as we bring this point out closer to you. James, the first chapter. James, the first chapter. And uh, uh, let me show you some things. Now, as we begin, James, let me tell you about another man named Peter. We know Peter was on the he was on the boat with the disciples and a storm was coming and things of that nature. And they saw Jesus walking on the water and they were afraid. And and Peter said, Lord, if that's you, bid me come so I can walk on the water with you. Right. And the Bible says that Peter stepped out of the boat and began to walk on the water to go to Jesus. 
But when he saw the waves and he saw the wind and he saw the trouble that was all around him, he began to sink. Now, here's another example of looking and living. As long as Peter was looking at Jesus, he was staying afloat. He was walking on the water. But the moment he looked away, he began to sink. Going back to the same example there in Numbers, the 21st chapter. As long as they looked at the fiery serpent that was on the pole, that example of that serpent on the pole, when they, as long as they kept looking at it, they were being healed. They looked, they continued to look until they were healed, until the problem was solved. But what if they just looked at it and walked away? They would not have been completely healed. Your answer is to continue to look at the Lord Jesus. Your answer is to continue to look to him. And I'm going to give you some keys in the word of God uh, this morning as it relates to that. As long as you look to him, you're going to live. But what if somebody said, well, Moses, we asked God to move these snakes away. And you say, God told you what? Make a pole with a snake on it. Man, it's crazy. You better get some anti-venom or something up in here. You better do something because we all dying in here. What if they had decided just to say all of those other things? We better get down to the hospital. I'm going back to Egypt. Surely they got something over there. Somebody going to help me with this thing. But God said, no, this is your answer. Just look to this. Just be obedient to the voice of God. Their obedience is what caused them to be healed. It wasn't nothing, there was nothing magical about the serpent on a pole. It was their obedience. They obeyed God. And as they looked, they lived. But those that did not look, those that did not believe, died. Are you with me? Turn to neighbor and tell him, your answer is in Jesus. Now, in James, the first chapter, as we said, James chapter 1. And uh, I want you to see this. Actually, we can look at uh, verses 22 uh, through 26. And it says, But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if, for if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. Uh, for he beholdeth himself and goeth his way and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. Now look at verse 25. But whosoever looketh into the perfect law of liberty. That's the law that the Lord Jesus gives, the law of grace and freedom. But whosoever looks at this or has that continual look, who's going to look and live, whosoever looketh into that perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, and being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deeds. Your answer is in the Lord. Your answer is in the Lord. Now, now we can say, okay, well, if I was there in Bible times and if I saw Jesus actually on the cross, lifted up, sure, I could look to him, but I'm not there, pastor. So how am I going to look to Jesus now? You're going to look to Jesus through his word. You're going to look to him through prayer. You're going to, uh, in other words, you're going to ascribe to him the first place or the preeminent place in your life. Make him number one in your life. The one that you look to when problems and trials and tribulations arise, you look to him for your answer. You look to him for your solution. The Bible says in the book of Matthew, the sixth chapter, that we have to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things will be added unto you. But we have to look 
to him for our source. Look to him for our solution. Look to him for our life. Now, there'll be many other things in your life that is jockeying for your time. Many other things that will be pulling on you. Your body will be pulling on you. Your flesh, your urges of the flesh will be pulling on you. Many other things that's trying to get your attention and your focus off of the Messiah, off of Christ Jesus. Many other things. There could be, like we said, sin or sickness. There could be some sort of disease. There could be money problems, family problems, folk talking about you like a dog. There are many other things. Car broke down. You, you put out your house, flood, rain. There are many other things that can get your attention off of the Lord. Many other things. But as long as you look to the Lord, you will live. Now, it is Satan's assignment to get you to stop looking at Jesus. That is his assignment. And I can guarantee you, I know for myself, every time that I have lost focus of the Lord and put my attention on the problem, what happens next? Frustration, stress, anxiety, worry, all these things, calamity, all these things began to happen to me because I stopped looking to the source. I stopped looking at my answer. And I'm telling you today, you will become frustrated, aggravated, even confused and perplexed because you stop looking at Jesus. Many people have left their Christian roots and have started doing other things. The Lord said, oh, well, I'll be your source. I'll be your provision. Well, Lord, I understand that, but, you know, I got to take this. I got to do this, God. I understand that. You know, I love you and all, but I got to get up and go to work, so I don't have time to pray with you today. I don't have time to talk, but we'll try something later, okay? I got to do this, I got to do that. So what we're doing, we're putting everything else in front of God. And what happens, we're faced with all these uh, bad situations. We begin to sink and that uh, snake venom gets deeper and deeper in us and it eventually begins to attack your heart. Are you with me, everybody? Y'all help me out today. Are you with me? So your answer or your solution is in Christ, is in Jesus. See, we tried just about everything else, man. You tried just about everything else. Drugs, alcohol, going from person to person. You talked to gossip and this and that and the other. You tried all this other stuff. Now focus your attention on Jesus once again. And as you look to him, you will live. Look to Jesus and live. I'm not telling you just some religious thing to do. That is develop a relationship with Jesus. Develop a relationship with the king of glory and live. See, we expect, uh, we expect a lot of stuff. We, uh, when we need something, we'll go over here to Barney or to, uh, or to Andy or whoever to try to get a loan. We'll go to this bank or that bank. We'll go to Aunt Ethel. We'll go to Fred or we'll go to Lamont, whoever, whatever name is around you. You're trying to ask them for money. And that's what we do when we have a problem. A lot of us go to people first. Can you help me with this? Can you help me with that? Can you give me this loan? Can you give me that? Instead of going to Jesus first, go to him first. And you will save yourself a lot of trouble. A lot of trouble when you seek him first. Are you with me? Turn to the name and tell him we got to seek him first. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Now, even there in the book of Acts, the third chapter, as uh, I believe it was um, Peter and John, as they're going to a temple to pray, they saw a man uh, who was begging at the gate. 
a, a crippled man. And he asked them for money, alms. And they told him, look at us. Look at us. We are the ambassadors of Christ Jesus. Look at us. Come away from money because a lot of us are seeking for money, thinking that money will solve the problem, but money will not solve all of your problems. Listen, if money would solve all the problems, then everybody in Hollywood wouldn't be having divorces every other day. If money was the answer to, to all, all of our problems, then they wouldn't be in rehabs every day. Somebody coming out of rehabs. Now, them folk got a lot of money up there. Isn't that right? They got to, and we think down here on this end, man, if I just ask my money, man, if I had me a million dollars, I don't know what I'd do. You do exactly what you're doing right now. Just more of it. Are you hearing me? If you can't manage a hundred dollars, you're not going to be able to manage a million dollars either. Hallelujah. The money is not the answer to your problems. You need to get with Jesus. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? You need to get with the Lord. Now we can go and try all these other things. And some of you today, I pray it's not the truth. I pray it's not true. But some of us that are hearing this message today will still go out and go try other things. And eventually, maybe when you have gotten all tuckered out, all tired out, just like some of these old movie stars are now coming, coming back to the Lord, the old crepit, old disease, oh, I should have came with Jesus all along, all along. You don't, you've given your body and your youthful energy to Satan, and now you're coming to Jesus at the end of your days, the old broke and all the, oh, I just want to serve the Lord now. But I tell you what, why not serve the Lord in your youth? Give the Lord your youth. And I'm telling you, you don't have to wait till you get old before you come to the conclusion that Jesus is the answer and that Jesus has the answer for you. Are you with me? Uh, somebody's hearing this today. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. So, as the Lord said, as he's lifted up, he's going to draw people unto himself. He's going to draw men to himself. That is because we'll have the opportunity to look to him and live. We'll have the revelation of who Jesus is and that he is the only one that can solve your problems. Jesus is the only one that can give you the solution to what you are going through. Let me say that again. He is the only one. He is the king of the kingdom. He is the only one. He is the shepherd and bishop of your soul. He is the only one that can make them demons leave you alone. You, When you cry out to God, you're crying to him in the name of Jesus. When you're confronting demons, you confront them in the name of Jesus. Jesus is the only name that the hounds of hell will respect. Let me tell you that now. And this is one name that we run away from. Typically, in a lot of churches that I've been in, people can say a lot of, lot of other words, but some cannot say Jesus. I'm telling you, man, it's the strangest thing. Sitting in the house of God and cannot say out loud, thank you, Jesus. You know why? Because some are self-righteous. Because self-righteous simply means that you already got the way you want to go. You already got your plans. You know what's good for you. And you're going that way. And that way does not promote the gospel of Christ. It has nothing to do with Jesus. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? Now, don't be like one of those at the end of your life that are that wake up or rather right there on your deathbed and find out that you've lived the life of a fool 
because you've denied Christ all of your life. Are you hearing me? Now, let's go to the book of Galatians. Let me show you this, and we're going to begin to, uh, to close out here. Book of Galatians, the third chapter. So we talk about some of those self-righteous people who have cut out their own way of righteousness. They, they won't hear the gospel because they already know what they're going to do. They see themselves as righteous. Well, hold you. I got a better example. Go to the book of Luke, the 18th chapter. Luke 18. Luke 18. You see, self-righteousness will work as long as you're looking at others, but it won't work, won't work when you're looking at Christ. Self-righteousness will not get you into glory. It may make people look at you a certain way, but it does nothing for your relationship with the Father. Whew, it's getting hot in here, but it's even hotter in hell. Luke 18, two men here, Luke 18, the Lord Jesus is speaking about, verse number nine, and he spake this parable unto certain which trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. See, that's a definition of self-righteousness. When you trust in you and not in the finished work of Christ Jesus. Are you with me? Verse 10 says, two men went up into the temple to pray, and one a Pharisee and the other a publican. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus uh, with himself. He prayed like this, God, I thank thee that I am not as other men are, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this publican. I pray twice a week, rather I fast uh Twice a week, I give tithes of all that I possess. And the publican standing afar off would not lift up so much as his eyes unto heaven, but smoked upon his breast, saying, God, be merciful unto me, a sinner. The Lord says here, I tell you that this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone that exalteth himself uh, shall be abased. And he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. The publican saw himself as self-righteous. Why? Because he had a list of things that he did that made him right. And if you have a list of things, if you say within yourself, if you say within yourself, well, I'm right because I pay my tithes, I go to church, I read my Bible, I don't hurt nobody, uh, you know, I don't cuss, I don't, I don't smoke, I don't do drugs, so I know God will receive me because I have this list of things. I hope you got roller coaster insurance as you go down. Your list does not make you right with God. Turn to name and tell him your list does not make you right with God. I'm telling you now. Jesus said that sinner that was over there that beat on his chest and said, Lord, he couldn't even look up. He felt so bad. Lord, he said, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. Jesus said he would go back home justified rather than the other one. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? Self-righteous means that you've got a list and because of your list, because you match up to your list, then you are right with God. And that's a lie. Only when you look to Jesus, will you live. 
Only one last verse of scripture. Then we're going to, I'm going to, I'm going to do something that the enemy won't do to you. Leave you alone. But it will when you use the name of Jesus. At least for a little while. Galatians. Go to the book of Galatians, the third chapter. We will stop here for today. So we got to look to Jesus and live. When you're going through difficult situations this week, this week, this month, when hardness really gets to come, look to Jesus. Bow your knees and submit the problem, submit yourself and the problem to the Lord. And listen for him to actually talk to you. I'm telling you, he will talk to you. Regardless of your list, some people won't even come to church because they haven't matched up to their list. Some say, well, I would come to church, but I don't have the right clothes. What do you mean clothes? That's one of them items on my list, so I can't come to God yet. I would come to church, would come to God, but I'm still doing this, this, and this. And you know, that's those items on my list. And because I'm still doing this, and this, and this, that means I'm not right yet, so I can't come to God. And I hope you got roller coaster insurance. Because God is not requiring a list to come to him. Come to him as you are. And he'll help you sort out the mess. Are you with me? Now let's close out with this. Galatians, the third chapter. Verse number one. Are you there? It says, O foolish Galatians, who have bewitched you that you should not obey the truth? Before whose eyes Jesus Christ have been evidently set forth. The Lord's been standing before you, uh, crucified among you. He's right there. Verse two. This only what I learn of you. Receive you the spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith. Are ye so foolish having begun in the spirit? Are ye now made perfect? By the flesh, have you suffered so many things in vain, if it be yet in vain? He, therefore, that ministereth to you the spirit uh, and worketh miracles among you, doeth he it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Now, this all wraps it up here. And hear what I'm going to say in these closing, closing moments. Shake your neighbor right quick. Wake him up. Tell them you got to hear this. You got to hear this. He calls them foolish Galatians. And I pray that none of you in here are foolish Galatians. What's a foolish Galatian? I'm glad you asked me. Foolish Galatian is one that have, they gave their life to Jesus. They began to look at Jesus and they were saved, Right? And you know, there's something about us. When we, when you first, some of you have never given your life to the Lord Jesus before, and maybe you will today. I pray that you do. But some of you have and been walking with the Lord for a while, so you can testify to this. When you give your life to the Lord Jesus, your life immediately begins to change. It begins to change. And you've testified, or I can testify, even that after I gave my life to the Lord, some things that I wanted to do, I used to do, I don't have a desire to do it anymore. Just don't even want to do it anymore. Some things that I like to do, you know, just 
don't like it anymore. And the things that felt comfortable to me before no longer feel comfortable. It feels icky and, and, and nasty. And, and, and I don't even want to do that anymore. Some things that I used to do, as I think about myself doing them, I think, why in the world did I do that? Are you with me? Well, what, what was happening? We were looking to the Lord. And as long as we were looking to Jesus, we were changing. You look to him in prayer. You look to him in your Bible, in scripture, and you studied. And as long as you look to him, you were changing. But somewhere along the way, somebody bewitched you. And they began to tell you, well, you can't really be right with God because you're still doing this, that, and the other. I heard you cuss. I heard you. I, I heard you down there getting that weed. I heard you doing that. I heard you doing this, not and the other. I heard you. I heard you. you can't be saved. So what do we begin to do? We begin to look away, look away from Jesus to look at all the other things. And then we began to focus on all these other things, these other works of the flesh. And we developed a list. Okay, I got stopped doing this. I, boy, my tongue, I don't know why I cuss so much. Lord, I don't, I don't know why I'm doing this. I don't know why I'm doing that. You stop. You're focusing now on the problem, on the sin, and you're not looking at him. So as long as you looked at Jesus, Jesus was changing you. But the moment you began to look to yourself and to what you were doing, you stopped changing and you began to go backwards. And Paul said here, you foolish Galatians, you begun in the spirit. Uh, If you start observing the law, is that going to make you perfect? If you start observing your do's and don'ts, is that going to make you perfect? He said, guess what? Let me ask you a question. Those that uh, uh, can lay hands on you and you receive the Holy Spirit, are they doing it by the law? Or or are they doing it by faith? Uh, Those that are working miracles, are they doing it by law? Or or are they doing it by faith? But we want to take we want to become the captain of our lives and force ourselves. We're going to, I'm going to stop doing this and I'm going to stop doing that. And you're putting all your attention on something else instead of on him. Now, the Christian walk is one of faith. We walk by faith and not by sight. If you walk by sight, you're going to sink and you're going to drown and you will always be in the mess that you're in. Guaranteed. But if you keep your focus on the Lord, as you submit yourself to God, the Bible says in the book of James, and submit yourself unto God and resist the devil, the devil will flee from you. But the enemy is going to try to torment you. I need someone else to help me demonstrate a point. Come on, somebody, just one person, one person. Right over here, just one person. All right. Don't all come at one time. All right. I, I need you to kneel down for me. Is that okay? I need you to kneel down. Okay, now look, look to the Lord. All right. Well, you 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 fine right there. Look down. All right. As long as she stays in this place, I'm gonna let me get this. Are you with me? As long as she stays here with her knees bowed before the Lord in submission to God, looking at Jesus. Put him, put him up a little bit higher. As long as she stays looking at the Lord, she's going to be healed. Because the more she looks to Jesus, the more healing is coming to her. The more healing is coming to her. Healing and deliverance is coming to her. The more she looks to Jesus, the Holy Spirit is around her. And he's forming her and shaping her into the image, to the person that God wants her to be. He's forming her. He's shaping her. And he's giving her an anointing. Let me get your jacket. 
So as she's looking to Jesus, the Holy Spirit is around her and he's giving her an anointing. He's wrapping her in his presence as she's looking to Jesus. Are you with me? Now, here's the devil's assignment. Hold on, I'm going to put this over you now. She's covered, right? Now, here's the devil's assignment. Hear this. Some of you are falling. Oh, don't look at that. You know, you're still doing this. You're still doing that. You can't want, don't look, you got all the bills to pay. You can't go to church. Don't do that. You look, look away from Jesus. You crazy. You reading your Bible too much. You going to church too much. I wouldn't give all that money if I were you. You let her talk about you, girl. I talk about her like a dog. If I were you, I wouldn't let her cuss me out. I cuss her out. If I were you, if I were you. So the enemy's trying to pull and pull and pull and pull and pull and pull. And he'll even show you pictures of your own sin. You know, you did this yesterday. We all saw you and we know you know you did this. God can't be pleased with you. Oh no, not you. He's not pleased with you. You, oh no, no, no. You can't be, you can't be. But what a lot of us do, we take off of this and begin to look away from Jesus and look at the sin. Look and begin to look at the sin. Are you with me? She began to look, come on, play with me now. <laughs> look away from that. And then we go and try to clean up the mess that we made so that we say, so that we can be pleasing to God. So she look away, but now she's trying to clean up the mess that she's made. All the sin. She's trying to pick up all the sin. And that devil just showing her this, and he's showing her that, and he's showing her this. And he's showing her that you did this last week. You did that last month. You did that 20 years ago. He's showing her. And then you got all this mess all around your stuff that you've done. Anybody know what I'm talking about? So what's happening? You stop looking at Jesus. And now you're focusing on cleaning your mess up. And what's happening? You're no longer receiving healing. You're no longer being changed. No longer being delivered. An enemy got you focused on because you, you can't stay out of the bed with somebody. Because this and that and the other. <laughs> Are you with me? He got you focused. You trying your best to clean up stuff. He got you focused. He got you focused on the cussing and the drinking and whatever, whatever it is. He got you focused. Until somebody comes to you and tells you, oh foolish Galatian. Why are you trying to clean up your mess? Look to Jesus. And so she looks to Jesus again. And as she looks to Jesus, the Holy Spirit begins his work again. And he covers her. And he goes behind her. And he's the one that cleans up the mess. Hallelujah. He cleans up that mess. Hallelujah. He puts it away. He casts it into the sea of forgetfulness. Word will be remembered no more. He does the things that she can't do as she's focused in on him. Give her a hand. Amen. Hallelujah. So what are we saying today? You got to look and live. If you are holding yourself in condemnation, if you're condemning yourself for things that you've done, 
You're down there trying to pick up the tissue. That's what you're doing. If you're saying, if you're down on yourself, if you feel shame, if you feel guilt over stuff that you've done, you're looking down there. But if you look to Jesus and continue to look to him for your answer as your solution, the Holy Spirit will cover you and he will heal you and he will deliver you and he will set you free from anything that was hurting you, binding you or trying to bring you torment. If you receive that word today, then give the Lord a mighty hand of praise. We're done in Jesus name. We'll praise the wonderful name of Jesus. We pray that you are blessed by today's message and that you are richly encouraged. On behalf of Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center, we would like to invite you out to Sunday Morning Sunday School. It starts at 9 a.m. Sunday Morning Worship starts at 10. Come expecting a miracle. Wednesday night is dinner and Bible study. and Dinner starts at 6.15 with Bible study starting at 7. All are welcome. Come out and enjoy the goodness of the Lord Jesus Christ under the anointing of His precious Spirit. Kingdom Rock is located at 180 Hilton Road in Bremen, Georgia. Stop by and see us sometimes. To learn more about our ministry, give us a call at 770-537-1933. That number again, 770-537-1933. Or just log on to our website 24 hours a day at www kingdomrock.org that's kingdomrock.org we'll be glad to hear from you and if you would like to partner with me to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ all around the world just let us know because partnership has its advantages until next time this has been Pastor Mark A. Stroud and I thank you once again for joining me for Kingdom Rock Radio tune in again for the rich word of the Lord always remember that Jesus Christ is Lord Choose Him as your Lord today. Only He can make a way. We'll see you this Sunday at 10 a.m. at 180 Helton Road in Bremen, Georgia.